for the word today. Amen. Amen. A lot going on in life, uh, but as we always say, God over everything. And I just want to commend you for winning the battle to come to church. Amen. So turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 1, verse 44. Psalms chapter 1, verse 44. We've been uh, in the word the last couple of weeks talking about lovers and fighters. And I just want to continue on that. And uh, I tell you what, since I started this little series here, uh, I've been fighting battles left and right. And I just believe it's because, you know, when the Lord brings a word into your life, it's many times meant to prepare you for what's coming. At least that's the way I do ministry. So the way I prepare my sermons and things, I don't just get a calendar and just go, we're going to talk about this topic and that topic. I really believe that it's the responsibility of the church to bring a now word. Everybody say now word. In other words, what that means is, God, what is on your heart now for the people? Because, see, he knows what you're going through. I don't. He knows what it is you need. I don't. So uh, I believe God is a now God. That's why he says now faith is the substance. And so when you serve a now God, you got to be listening for what is the now word. And so I believe the now word for us is to understand that God has created us to be not only lovers of God, but also fighters. Okay, we're lovers of people, but also fighters. Now, we don't fight people, but we fight the enemy, which is the forces of darkness. We fight battles. And so Psalms chapter 144 says it like this. Go ahead and put that on the screen there. It says this, blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. So what the scriptures say here, what uh, King David's writing is that God has created me to love and, and I love God, but he also trains my hand for war. So whoever told you being a Christian was for squares and wimps, they got it wrong. Because if you've been saved for any amount of time, you know we got to fight some stuff. Okay? Can I get a good amen on that? We got to fight some stuff. You don't, you don't get to be a Christian and, and be weak and wimpy because you won't last. Because the first time temptation will come, you'll succumb to it. The first time a hard situation comes and you got to tell yourself no, you'll succumb to it. But when you serve God, the Bible says he teaches your hands to war and your fingers for battle. So we need to know how to fight some stuff. And I find one of the, uh, the identity problems of the church is, yes, we're the bride of Christ. Yes, we are the loved of God. But you better understand, too, we are the army of the Lord, which means that you get us in a battle and we know how to get down. Come on. Somebody say amen to that. Some of you may have had a friend that when they got in a fight, they were right at home. Anybody have a friend like that? They were right at home. OK, they, it's like they, they shined when it was time to throw down. You knew who to call. Come on. When somebody needed a good butt whipping. OK, you knew who to call when they were messing with you. Can I get an amen in here? You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you've been saved all the time. Some of you was that person that they called. Hey, come on over here. This fool's getting out of hand. And there you would go. 
and you were ready. See, the Bible says that you and I, he trains our hands for war, our fingers for battle. It shouldn't be that when we're in a battle, oh my gosh, what do I do? Oh, it's so hard. Fight, fool. Come on. Come on. You just, you just need somebody need to hear that today. <laughs> Fight, fool. You are in a battle. And don't act like you don't know nothing about battle because the Bible says when we come in and we get saved, Ephesians chapter six, that God says, OK, here's your armor. Here's your breastplate of righteousness. Here's your shield of faith. And here is your word of God, which is called the sword of the spirit. So when you get saved, you get all cleaned up, you feel all good. Sin no longer has dominion over you. Then God gives you armor. Can I get an amen on that? Look at Psalms 18, 31 through 34. It says this, for who is God except the Lord and who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. And he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on high places. Listen to this. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Listen, your daddy wants you to fight some stuff. Okay, your daddy not only wants you to do that, he trains you. How does he train you? Through his word. And he doesn't just tell you, stay away from things. He tells you how to defeat them. He doesn't just tell you, listen, don't be getting out there and getting drunk. He'll tell you how to stand against it. He doesn't just tell you to say no to premarital sex. He tells you how to stand against it. But you got to know how to war. You got to know how to fight. I can't stand when Christians make excuses. Well, it's just so hard. Fight, fool. Come on, that's a good, that's a good T-shirt right there. I need, to, I need to get a T-shirt company and just start printing up these T-shirts. Fight, fool. I mean, quit crying about it and know how to fight using God's word. Yes. And this applies to every situation. In a marriage, listen, you got to know when finances are rough, it's a battle. I'm in a battle. What does the word say? How do I fight this? I'm in need. I'm lacking things. How do I fight this? Everything you're going to have, you got to learn how to fight. But the problem, I believe, one of the problems that we have in the body is we have an identity crisis. Don't everybody forgot that we're a tribe of warriors. We're a tribe of fighters. OK, that whatever the enemy's got, the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Amen. You know, I heard that growing up in a lot of churches, but I never saw them live it out because then they would get up and teach us, oh, mijo, stay away from TV because it'll, it'll give you devils. <laughs> Don't go to the movies because you'll get bad. I, I, later on, I start thinking, well, how come we said that God was greater, but then feared the devil and his devices? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Oh, you shouldn't go there because you'll get demons. Listen, where I go, demons cannot overtake me. Amen. They can't. I can walk into the toughest area of town and I got God with me. I'm straight. But wow, we, we got so much bad teaching back in the day. Oh, if you do this, you're going to get a demon. And oh, if you do that and watch out for Pokemon. <laughs> Seriously, man, it was like, you know, I heard a lot of that stuff. And now I'm not saying it's all godly. I'm not saying it's of God do whatever. But there shouldn't be this fear that, oh, man, if I do something, I'm going to the devil's going to no. know. 
Greater is he that is in you. We've just got to learn to fight. And so that's what we've been talking about in here. Ephesians 6, we talked about the armor of God. And last week, just to give you a quick recap, we talked about battles. Have to understand what a battle is for. Okay. Most people don't fight because they don't understand who they are and they don't understand what battles are. Battles are nothing but opportunities. Okay. You got to fight battles. So we talked about what are significant things about battles. The first thing about a battle is when you're in a battle, that's when Jesus shows up. That's when Jesus shows up. So don't run from a battle because in sense you're running from an encounter with God. When you see a battle, don't run from it, run to it. That's what a warrior does. Somebody needs to go home and watch Braveheart. Come on, William Wallace. You need to have that spirit. You need to have that kind of a thing where it's time to fight. We run to the battle, not run away from it like so many people do. And then we call it, you know, backsliding. You just didn't want to fight. That's why you backslid. You made a choice. I'm not going to fight this thing. I'm just going to go marry it. Just going to go mate with it, become one with it, whatever the sin, whatever the thing is. And you got to understand God has created us to fight battles. And when we fight battles, he shows up. We talked about Genesis 14 when Abraham defeated the kings and who came into who came to his tent. The Bible says Melchizedek, which means the king of peace. And many theologians, including myself, believe that that was an incarnate of Jesus Christ that came and met with Abraham after he fought a battle. And it says there that Abraham then gave him the tithe before it was even put in the law. He said, you're the prince of peace. Here's 10 percent of what's mine. See, it's a principle that when you release to a king what is yours, he releases to, to you what is his. See, it's a, and we, we looked at that. And we looked at last week too. Joshua getting ready to go take Jericho. Who stands before him? He's on his face praying. He gets up. Joshua chapter five, man, read it. He gets up and he's facing this dude is decked out in armor. I love this picture of Jesus because I get tired of the sheep pictures of Jesus. Always carrying a lamb. Come on. Looking lost in his face. I like they need to make some paintings where Joshua's facing him. And he says, who are you? He says, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. I am the general. Of, I'm the captain of God's armies. We know that to be Jesus Christ. We know that in the book of Revelation, he talks about him leading the army back. So again, Jesus hasn't even been born in the earth through Mary, but he shows up in Joshua's life as he's about to go into battle. I can testify that in my own toughest battles, God has shown up in my life. I had some of the greatest encounters with God when I was going through a battle. So we don't run from battles. We run to battles. And when you fight battles, the Prince of Peace will always enter your life and he'll bless you. And that's why, you know, we got to understand we don't just cry out, God, send revival. God, do this. Engage a battle. Engage the enemy on his turf. Go out. That's why we go out into these communities and we're fighting battles out there to win souls and lift people's lives. And when we do, God shows up in our life. OK, let's keep going. We talked about number two. Winning battles brings you spoils and advancement. You got to fight things in life because that's where the spoils come from. We've got people that want to be successful and they don't want to do nothing. We got people that want to get rich without fighting some battles. I would love to have a business. You're going to have to fight some battles. I would love to be rich. You're going to have to fight some battles. And you know, the majority of the battles are in your mind. The majority of the battles you have to fight are you taking dominion over your soul. 
We've got to fight those battles before we can have advancement. And some people that don't want to fight any battles don't get spoils and they don't get advancement. And you know what happens to them? They stay at the level they're at for a very, very long time. They'll stay there forever. They'll stay, you know, at the financial level. They'll stay at the spiritual level. They'll stay at the mental level until they face the things that they need to face. And when you face those things that and you overtake them because you will, because God is with you, that's when you can advance. But we've got people that don't want to fight nothing. If it gets hard, oh, this must not be God. Well, you know, God tells you to do something. You go, oh, it's hard. Oh, well, you know, maybe this isn't God. But look, it looks easier over there. Let me go over here. And that's how we get people all out of sorts and all out of whack. And we wonder why Christians don't prosper like the word of God says we're supposed to. Listen, view battles in a different light. Fight them, win them. When you see a battle and it's tough and you're in one, get ready for the spoils. Because what happens when you fight a battle? You get all the enemy's treasure. You get all the riches. You get all the spoils. You get everything. So when you fight battles, it increases you. Not just in the spirit. You need to hear this now. Not just in the spirit, but monetarily, financially, okay, Uh, uh, physically, All these things are waiting, but you got to fight your battles. You got to fight some battles. What are some battles? See, I'm not talking about major battles. For some of you, you need to fight the battle to be in church every Sunday. But I don't want to. Well, that's a choice. I tell you what, church is where you need to be to hear God's word. And why do you need God's word? Because that's your sword. Well, I can read the Bible on my own. You can and you should. You should read the Bible on your own. You should be studying it every day. But the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together in the book of Hebrews, which means this. Don't try to excuse yourself from needing the body. You need it. You need it. You need to be around other people. You need the spoken word. You need the corporate anointing that's in the house. You need the people that you're sitting around. You need this atmosphere that we're under here. And if you think you don't, you are deceived because you can't give me scripture on that. Let's let's keep going. Come on. Amen. Okay. so we've talked about that. Winning battles brings you spoils and advancements. And the last thing we talked about is bringing battles brings you closer to Jesus. So what I want to drop and download into your spirit today is how do we win battles? Okay, because you got to know how to win battles. And how do we learn how to win battles from God's word? Because he's our daddy and he left us something called the Bible to give us instructions in the earth on how to conquer and take dominion. The Bible is about you and I taking the instructions of how to have a better life than we've ever dreamed of. That's what this Bible's about. So listen, I know I'm going to challenge some of you because we've seen Christians never increase, never get better. But if we do this right, our lives are supposed to get better and better in every area. Okay, because that's what the promises of God are for. He gives us promises about our finances. He gives us promises that whatever we touch with our hands and put our hands to do, it will prosper. Okay. he gives us promises that when we get sick, he took a stripe for that so that we could be healed. So he gives us all these weapons. He gives us all this provision, not so we can just be unhappy, depressed, broke, non-reaching people, not doing anything for anybody else. That's not what it's for. 
It's so that we can lift ourselves out by his hand and then go and lift somebody else. See, the key to life is found in what you do for other people. Somebody needs to write that down. The key to life is found in what you do for other people. It's not this selfish pursuit of money. It's not this selfish pursuit of success and a name. It is found in what we do for others. And many of you have experienced that. And, you know, we've tried to get you addicted to lifting other people. I mean, some of you think about how you feel when we leave our outreaches, you know, think about how you feel when, the day after we've done something out in the community or when you come back from a missions trip. That feeling, it, there's a, there's nothing like it. And it's and it, there's a, there's a, it's addicting. And, and some of you might look at those people and you go, man, why do they do all that? Man, you need to get some of this. Come on, you need to get in on some of this because once you start lifting other people and start moving out of your own sphere of just being uh, uh, selfish and me, 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 and I, 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 you will begin to experience an incredible amount of life and wealth coming your way in the spirit. So we got to look at God's word. How do we win battles? Now that you know you got to fight some battles, now that you know battles aren't necessarily bad, here's how we win them. Number one, I want you to write these down today because when you get into battle you're going to be able to go to your notes and say okay this is what I need to do all right number one how do we how do we win battles the first thing we need to do in a battle according to the word is lift our hands toward heaven lift our hands toward heaven now you're going to have to renew your mind to this because most of us have a way of reacting to a battle and that's crying (laughs) come on You know, woe's me. Here's another one for the 21st century uh, is let me get on Facebook and tell everybody about it, which is redonkulous. Don't do that. It shows how ignorant you are. It really does. Don't get on there and post all your problems. Amen. If you want help, ask for it. Don't fish for it. Let me say that again. If you need help, ask for it. Don't fish for it. You know what you do. I'm having the worst day. Is anybody going to respond? Let me see who. And then, you know, people, God bless them, you know, and we all do it. I mean, you know, I see that. You're okay. Are you all right? Listen, don't play the Facebook game. You need help. Ask for help. Text somebody. Pray for me. Here's another one. Text somebody who'll really do it. I'm going to mess up somebody's Facebook theology right here. <laughs> Everybody that says they're praying on Facebook ain't praying. Come on. I'm praying for you. Liar. <laughs> Thank God I don't live by the prayers of the Facebook saints. <laughs> and some people that say they're praying ain't got no relationship with God. They've got no access to the throne. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes through the father, but by me. So if you ain't got Jesus, your prayers are going. I need someone whose prayers are going. Come on. 
I know I messed up your Facebook theology. I'm kicking over some sacred cows because everybody thinks that everybody that's praying thinks it's doing something. It ain't according to God's word. You know, this is why they crucified Jesus, because he spoke such truth. It offended everybody else. This is why Christians are persecuted right now, because we're the only ones that come in and say "Uh, your prayers aren't working. I know you think Buddha's cool, but he ain't doing nothing for you. How can you say that your beliefs are the only ones that are the right ones? I mean, listen, it's offensive. It really is. But it's the Bible. Come on. I feel a brick spirit in here. Amen. Somebody ain't coming back next week, but that's all right. You needed to hear it. I got it in. Whatever you do with it now is up to you. But see, don't post the problems to people that cannot help you. Let me give you another good quote here. And you need to write this down and tattoo it on your heart somewhere. But never tell your problems to somebody that can't help you. Never tell your problems to somebody that cannot help you. Because you know what they'll do with it? Gossip. And then you get hurt. And then you go, I ain't never going to do that again. I'm never going to open up. No, no, no. Open up just not to knuckleheaded people. Open up to people that can help you. Amen. Amen. That was free. All right. I hope that helps somebody there. So lift your hands towards heaven. What does this mean? It talks of surrender. And we see this found in Exodus 17, 8 through 15. You can write that down and look it up later. When I went to the word about how to win battles, I went and researched all the battles, not all of them, but many of the battles that the children of Israel fought in the Old Testament. Because see, Israel is a type and shadow of the church in the New Testament. Things that they went through are things we go through. Battles they fought are types and shadows of battles that we fight. And so when I looked at Exodus 17, it's the story of uh, Moses leading Israel against the enemy. And God gives him a, uh, a directive. And he says, basically in this story, that every time that Moses lifted his hands up, Israel won the battle. When he put his hands down, they began to lose the battle. See, what does that speak of? It speaks of surrender. When we get into a battle, you are never going to win that battle unless you surrender to Jesus. Some of you have been fighting a lifelong battle and you won't surrender to Jesus. You think, I got this. I like this sin too much. I like this thing too much. I'm not going to give that up. I got this. I could do this. I won't be successful on my own. Listen, what is success that you're chasing? If success to you is money, yeah, you could probably do that on your own. If success to you is, you know, fame, yeah, you could probably do that on your own. But if success to you is inner peace, if success to you is righteousness, right with God, being able to sleep at night, knowing that if he came, you're going. If if success to you is well-being in your soul, then you cannot get there without Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, that is the true definition of success. Because I've done seen too many Hollywood stories where people with money were get on their third and fourth marriage. Yeah. I've done seen two 30, 30 ESPN shows where too many millionaire basketball player or football players were on their fourth wife with seven kids from seven different women paying all their child support for 18 years. I've done seen too many people committing suicide that were supermodels. Yeah. So if that was the way to success, Something's wrong with that picture. See, we can't we can't gauge our success by what uh, they say it is. We have to get it from what God says it is. So you ain't never going to win that battle until you surrender. 
Some of us are in a battle right now and you won't surrender. You're trying to figure out how you can fight this thing without doing what God wants you to do. And I'm just here to tell you today, you can't. That battle will rage in your life for decades, for years. You'll never get the victory until you surrender. Now, the thing about surrender is this. In that story, Moses is lifting his hands up. You can read it on your own. Again, it's Exodus 17, 8 through 15. In that story, Moses is lifting his hands up, but he's not only lifting empty hands, he's lifting, listen, the rod of God. Say, what does that mean? The rod of God. The rod of God is what we know as God's, listen, instruction or correction. Some of us in this room don't want God's instruction and don't want God's correction. And the reason we don't want it is because who God chooses to give instruction or correction is people. So we refuse. Listen, some of you, you got to get rid of the hard headedness of your life. More people have destroyed their lives because they do not listen. You must learn sooner than later that we all need people speaking into our lives. We all need to listen to people because some of them, some of us hear people. We just don't listen. I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's a good word for you. So Moses is holding up the rod of God, the instruction of God, the counsel of God. So he's holding it up. okay. and when he holds it up, see, he's surrendering. What is he surrendering to the counsel of God's word? You want to win a battle? You better submit to the counsel of God's word. Some of you, the battle you're in will be over as soon as you obey God's last word to you. What was God's last word to you? I don't know. You you should know. What is God's last word? That was God's last instruction. Some of us are, will stay at a level until we go back and obey the last thing God told us to do. You'll stay there. Yeah, you'll get married and have kids right there at that point until you move on. When you want that battle to be over, go back and do what he said to do. And when you go back and do what he says to do, boom, surrender comes. And it's as if Moses has his, his hands raised again and you win the battle. But when Moses put down the rod of God, guess what began to happen? They began to lose. So if you're going to win battles, number one, you got to do what God says and get rid of your butts. Your big butts. I mean, come on, you know what I'm talking about. But I want to do that, but I also want this. I want God, but I want to do what I want to do. Then you don't want God. Remember, a but negates everything you said on the first thing. Some people say, oh, yeah, I want to serve God, but no, no, then, then forget that whole part. You do not want to serve God. I love my husband, but no, no, no. You got to move that butt. Amen? Amen? Look at the person next to you say, say, move your butt. <laughs> Surrender towards God cause you to win some battles. It'll cause you to win some battles. Okay, that's the first thing you got to do. You got to lift your hands toward heaven. Exodus 17, 8 through 50. Number two, second thing you got to do. Second thing to do in a battle is this. Pray and ask of God. Simple. Pray and ask of God. 
When you get bad news, you get a bad report, don't freak out. Don't go to Facebook. Don't call your mom. You know what you need to do? Stop right there. Pray and ask of God. God, I need you. And we see this in a battle here found in Numbers 21. Numbers chapter 21, one through three. You could read it on your own time for the sake of time here. I won't go all the way into it. But basically, Israel is attacked by some folks and they kidnap a large portion of their army. Israel wasn't expecting this attack. It wasn't on their agenda to go into this battle. But something happened. They got hit. And so what did they do? The Bible says Israel then went to the Lord and said, Lord, help us take these fools out. That's the South Sacramento translation right there. (laughs) We'll put that Bible out later. Help us take these fools out. And you know what the Lord says? Go ahead. And because they asked, they won the battle. Simple. Some of you are fighting things you have not yet sat there and asked God for the victory yet. And why don't we ask for victory sometimes? Here's, Here's why. Many times we don't ask for the victory because some of us actually believe we deserve it. We deserve it. Like, oh, I guess this is just everything I ever did bad. I guess that's why I'm, I'm facing this. Listen, grace covers that stuff. Mercy covers that stuff. This whole Christian walk is about getting things you don't deserve. All right. None of us deserve heaven. None of us deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve anything from God. So quit trying to put your thinking into the equation and not ask God for victory because you're going, I deserve this. I'm just going to take it on the chin. No, you don't have to. God erases the penalty of sin. God takes that thing. Are there consequences you've got to live out? Yes. But even for consequences, there's mercy. That's mercy means that you don't get what you got coming to you. I don't know about you, but that makes me a very, very happy man. Because some of y'all knew me when I wasn't saved. And I had some things coming to me. And so did you. But if not for the mercy of God, he comes in, takes away the penalty. He takes away the event. He takes away the stain and he gives us a fresh start. So when the enemy starts coming to you and saying, ah, don't, no, 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 don't ask for help. You deserve this. Just take it. Don't listen to that lie. And some people think that they're they're You know, that's an honorable thing to do. Well, I'm not going to ask God to help me. I deserve this. I'm just going to take my punishment like a man. That is not honorable. That is dumb. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. That is not honorable. That is dumb. Why is it dumb? Because Jesus said, if you cry out for mercy, I'll give you mercy. Yeah. So you might as well cry out for it because it's there for you. And why go through a mess if God is granting you mercy? So that's one reason why we don't pray and ask God for this. We think we deserve what's coming to us. No, you need to get free from that. God wants you to receive the free gift of grace. And you will see things come into your life that you do not deserve. I have things in my life coming that I do not deserve. Why? It's all Jesus, baby. It's all Jesus. So whenever you're faced with a battle, first thing you got to do is you got to silence the voices of the enemy that say, no, 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 you just need to go through this. And I see this all the time. People that get diagnosed with a sickness. And they just, oh, I'm just so depressed. God has, you know, the doctor says this and blah, blah, blah. And my first thing that jumps up in my spirit is, well, have you talked to the Lord? 
And I don't mean to be, you know, insensitive to you. If you've ever come to me with that and I didn't cry with you. And, and you know, my first reaction is always to just what's God say about it? Yeah. yeah, they said my son will never walk properly. Well, what does God say about it? See, some people will go by the doctor's word and never even take it to the Lord to prayer because they just go, well, that's how it is. Listen, you ever you either believe this thing or you don't. If you're going to believe this thing, believe it. And if he said, ask for prayer, ask for prayer. I don't know what battles are around the corner for you. I don't know what kind of things you're going to need. But listen, you got to get the word of God on the inside of you. And when you're facing something, ask of the Lord. Ask him first battle. Some of you have had a diagnosis of a sickness and you don't even ask for God to pray. And here's what other people say. Well, I don't want to bother God. He's got enough things to do. You don't know God. God isn't like you and I. He's not like, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? He's quit asking me for stuff. I'm trying to save Africa over here. No, he's not like that. He's got it all. He's, you know, well, I don't want, I don't think that I'm, you know, let God fix somebody else's problem. He'll fix their problem. He'll fix your problem. He'll fix everybody's problem. Get God out of your human thinking. What I'm trying to say very fast here is this. Don't make excuses for not asking God for help. He likes it. He likes it. He wants to help. Okay. That's the God we serve. So number one, when you get into a battle, lift your hands. Surrender to his counsel, his word. Surrender. Stop fighting it. Number two, pray and ask God. The Lord hears Israel's request and they defeated Canaan based on a prayer. An unforeseen battle comes. They said, God, can we take these fools out? God says, get them. Boom, took them out. Ask him. He'll do it. Amen. Number three. How am I going to win a battle? After you lift your hands, after you pray and ask God, follow directions. I just lost some people in the room because some of us in this very room right here do not know how to follow directions. And parents, don't amen me too loud because you might hurt your son's feelings because, you know, they don't follow directions. Mijo, I'm going to be gone for a half hour. I just need you to go in here and clean your room. Okay, mom. You get home. Is the room clean? No. (laughs) Then you just go to prayer and say, Lord, help his brain to like, because that was like the easiest instruction ever. (laughs) I can say that. And I'm not talking about my kids. You know who I'm talking about? Me. (laughs) Because I was that kid. My wife will tell you I'm still that kid. So I don't (laughs) keep going right here. But, you know, uh, many of us are like that. We have to learn. We have to learn that instruction is good. Correction is good. Orders are good. And those of you that don't like to take instruction and direction and you don't like anybody telling you anything, get ready for a mediocre life. You will always be mediocre. Does everybody know what mediocre means? You will always just be on the level. lukewarm, just on the level, not very good, not very strong, just plain Jane. Sure, you ain't broke, but you ain't got nothing either. You just mediocre. Everybody know what mediocre is? It means you ain't fine. You ain't ugly, but you just, yeah, all right. (laughs) 
You know, that's mediocre. People that don't learn how to take instruction, listen to this, don't grow. Don't grow. And, and you know what's crazy? Some of you, your whole Christian walk is to avoid anybody telling you anything. So you don't join the ushers team because you don't want to hear Esco's voice. You don't join the worship team because I'll be darned if I'm going to have J-Row telling me something. And you stay away from the set team because Eddie Cobb is leading that now. And you you don't want nothing. For, and you see what I'm saying? You got you, you just tiptoeing around everybody's voice because you don't like people telling you what to do. Well, listen, make a nice little bed where you're at because that's where you're staying in life. Period. You'll stay there. You'll stay there. And it might be cool where somebody's like, well, cool, I like it here. Well, you won't like it when you're 45. <laughs> you won't like it when you're 52. And you got grandkids that got more than you. And not just possessions, they got more sense than you. <laughs> it happens. Are y'all, is this too real for y'all today? Let me keep going here, all right, because I want to get out of here without my tires getting slashed. <laughs> So we got to follow directions. How are you going to win battles? You got to follow directions. Who's in whose directions? Well, number one, God's better get to know his word. We've got to get free of humanistic thinking. You know, we've got to get free of. Well, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, but, you know, I don't see it that way. It don't matter how you see it. It matters how God sees it. See, we live in a society that if it you uh, if it, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't appear that way to you, that that's OK. Because that's how you see it. So if I don't think it's wrong, it ain't wrong. Okay, all that kind of nonsense is nonsense. God's word is the final authority. And where do we pull this uh, uh, strategy for winning a battle out of? We pull it out of Joshua chapter six and seven. Because Joshua chapter six is the battle of Jericho. He's got to face this battle. How do I start this business? How do I fix my marriage? He sees this walled city. And the Bible says Jericho was the most powerful city on the planet at the time. It had huge walls. Nobody was going into that city that they did not want in. And let me tell you, a group of slaves, there's no way they could beat this armed city. Remember, that's all Israel was, was a group of slaves. Okay? And here they face this incredible, incredible obstacle, this battle. But what do they do? They inquire of the Lord. And we all know the story. Did they go and make a cannon and make this laser gun? No. You know what they did? They blew some trumpets and marched. And these were instructions. These were directions. And here's the other thing you've got to think about. These weren't always the easiest instructions because some of us only like easy instructions. We like easy. Oh, I can do that. If it's too hard of an instruction, I'm, I'm out. I can't. I'm not doing that. OK, well, there's a problem with that, because to beat to beat Jericho battles, God gives specific instructions. And he said to the people of God, march around the walls six times. OK, and then he says this instruction. This is what you got to get right here. The instruction he gives now is nobody say anything. March around the walls in silence. Come on, we can't even get a room like this to be silent for that long, much less marching. Nobody's talking. You know, there was somebody in the back that was just like, my feet are hurting. This better work. Joshua was crazy. Let's kill him and take over. You know, there must have been something like that. But he said, listen, if we're going to beat this, you got to keep your mouth shut. So they marched around them walls. And what was the next instruction? Blow the trumpets at the appointed time. 
Now, that seems like an easy instruction, too. But if we handed out trumpets in here right now, some of y'all would go to, go to playing them already. Oh, let me figure this out. I don't want to blow when he blows. I feel led to blow right now. God's telling me to blow right now, Joshua. No, 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 later. No, but I, I feel... You know what happened. That's the churches all over the place. Churches split and this guy goes and starts another church out of this church. And why? Because people can't follow instructions in order. You know, we're going to have an outreach on Saturday. Well, I can't make it Saturday, so I'm going out there Thursday. We laugh, but I've been to those churches. You've been to those churches. This ain't one of them churches. Amen. We can't be because we have an impossible battle to fight. And if we don't learn how to follow instructions, we ain't going to win the battle. So God gives these, bat- these instructions, goes around Jericho the seventh time, blow the horns. What happens? The walls come down and this group of slaves destroys the most powerful city on the earth through instructions. But then you read Joshua chapter seven. They have another battle. But guess what? They lose that battle. They lose that battle because they thought this. We got this. And they went into that battle and they did not follow the instruction or the leading of God. And they lost it. We've got to learn how to follow instructions. Moms and dads, you want to be a good parent? It's not about taking them to Chuck E. Cheese. It ain't about playing catch with them in the backyard. It ain't about that stuff. You know what it's about? Teaching them to have, follow instructions. Teaching them to follow instructions. Yes, but he's ADHD. Um, he can still follow instructions. Oh, but he's just so hyperactive. Parents, we've got to quit making excuses for our children when God has put in you the ability to train them in the way they should go. If they need meds, get them meds, but you better do your part. Can I amen on that? I'm trying to help you. Why? Because we've got to teach our kids. You've got to follow instruction. So when the teacher calls your house and she says your son is disrupting their class, don't you get mad at the teacher. Because she ain't the one that's doing wrong. Oh, but you're not going to tell my son that he's. You're going to stay at that level. You'll stay right there. If you want to be a good parent, it ain't about what you buy them. It's about this principle. Teach them how to follow instruction. Teach them. Teach them how to sit down. Can I get an amen on this? Because they don't know on their own. They don't know. They'll just run around, do whatever they want. But when they're parented, they learn how to sit down. Can I get an amen from some veteran parents in here? Well, you just don't know. Our child, you're making excuses. You are making excuses. I could spend all day on that. Let me keep going because I want to get you out of here. I got two minutes left. Okay, here we go. So follow directions. You don't follow. You don't win battles if you don't follow the Lord's instructions. And you don't follow Lord's instructions if you're one of these people that don't like to be told anything. I'm not just speaking to young people here because the worst people in this area are adults. That's why you don't advance. You'd have done had a better job, but you don't listen to nobody. You think you know better. How you know better than your manager? He's the manager. You're not. Yeah, Yeah, but I have more experience, but he has more sense. (laughs) 
Let's keep going here. All right, amen. Following directions. Number four, a couple more here, and I'm done. How to win battles. Next thing you got to do after you follow directions, you got to take authority. This is powerful. Christians, we got to quit crying and take authority. Joshua chapter 10, one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. Joshua was in a Bible. He, uh, Joshua was in a battle, and he's fighting. And he ain't done fighting. He looks up at the sky, and he says, "Son, stand still." And the Bible says the sun did not move until the battle was over. The sun stayed still. The moon stayed still. It didn't move. Why? Because Joshua knew I got to win this battle, and he also knew. God's on my side. So he prayed bold prayers. If you're going to win some battles, you got to pray some bold prayers. You got to know your authority. Why do you have authority over cancer? Because God is with you. And Joshua had so much audacity that he would look to the look to the sun. And he goes, man, we ain't going to win this if, if it gets dark. And he just had this boldness to say, son, stand still. And the Bible says the moon did, too. And did you know there are cultures throughout the world in their history all attest to a single day that was longer than any other? They found writings from, you know, cave walls and Indian folklore and myths all over the planet that recall one day where the sun and the day was long. That was the day Joshua had the guts to be one ant speck of a person on the planet and say, son, stand still. I don't know how it happened. Scientifically, if that ever happened, that would throw the earth into turmoil and, and chaos and the seas and overflow and all that. Who knows? But this guy had enough to speak. I want to challenge you guys in here. You got to speak. The Bible tells us over and over and over and over and over again, death and life is in the power of the tongue. So why aren't we using it? You want to know why? Because we're not taking authority. There's going to be some things, guys, you're just going to have to speak to over and over and over and over again. Use your authority. That's how you win battles. You win battles every day just speaking them. Walk in your bedroom floor. I got this. I got this. I'm free. I'm not addicted. I'm not an addict. I'm not a loser. I'm a success. I'm smart. Come on, somebody needs to say, I'm smart, because you've been thinking you're dumb for too long. You've been believing the label they put over you when you were in kindergarten. He's challenged. You need to put a new label. I'm successful. I got this. I can do it. Are you tracking with me? That's taking authority. Let me keep going. Number five, have the Lord with you. 1 Samuel 18 says that when David went into battle, the Lord was with him. I'm going to stop right there. I'll give you a few more next week. The Lord was with him. Again, we live in this planet where everybody wants to just believe God is with them. Jesus said, man, you can't you can't even see the father unless you come through me. You can't. He said it. I'm the way, the truth and the light. He means I'm the gate in to the father. If you're going to be in a battle, you better have God with you. Well, he's with all of us. Yeah, I know we like to say that it sounds flowery and, and, and stuff like that. It sounds good. He's there for you, but you got to be with him. See, the issue today is not that God's rejecting you. The issue today, if you help me up here, the issue today, when it comes down to being with God, 
is are you with him? He's with you, but are you with him? Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I pray. It's never said it was about prayer. Prayer has never been the issue. I hear people say that all the time. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I pray at home. Doesn't mean anything. Muslims pray. Buddhists pray. Satanists pray. They pray to him. Comes down to a choice that you make to walk with God. Let's stand on our feet. Many of us in this place have made that commitment to walk with God. What I want you to catch today is this. He's with you. Fear not. He's with you. In 1 Samuel 18, David won every battle simply because God was with him. And he was with God. Guys, you're going to make it through whatever you're facing. But you got to stay with God. There's others of us here. The door's open. It's time for you to now come and be with the Lord. And how do you do that? It's simple. You ask him in. You invite him in. Let's all bow our heads for a moment today. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward today. But I know there's some of you here, and maybe this will make it easier for you. I know there's some of you here. It's time. Because you're facing battles, and you're wanting answers. And you want these three things, or these four things, or this thing to change. Listen, the first thing that needs to change is your position. You need to get with God. It's time. Don't make excuses. Well, but then that would mean this, this. No, don't, don't figure out what it's going to mean. Let God tell you what it means. Yeah, but I like to smoke. So what? I liked a lot of things when I got saved. I didn't come. I didn't get saved because I was perfect. I was messed up. I had addictions. I had things. God took me as I was, and he's here to take you as you are today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for the sake of privacy, maybe you're here, and I'm not going to call you to come up today, but I am going to ask you to raise your hand because I want to pray over you for where you're at just from here. And if you're someone that says, you know what? I want to give my life today. It's time that I face the battles of life with God on my side. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm not going to make excuses. If that is you, I want to pray with you today. I want you to just slip up a hand right where you're at. Yes, I see that. I see that. I see that. Hands all over the place here. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. You can put your hand down now. And we're all going to pray this prayer together. And we're going to ask the Lord to come into our lives and be with us for every battle that we face. Let's say, Jesus, I come before you. I surrender. I need you in my life. You already know I'm not perfect. You already know I have issues. And you still love me. I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And help me fight the battles of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give yourselves a little hand clap there. Amen.